Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, sir. Good Tuesday morning, one and all. Taz the Moose with you right here. CBS Sports Radio. Connor, Mike, across the way. Bogus, your updates. Number to call 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Company alive. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. What's going on, Taz? How you doing, bud? Uh, good, Moose. Good. good. Everything's good on this uh, lovely Tuesday. Uh, We're going to have some great reaction, as you know, on this show to... The, the Monday night football games and football in general. We've got a great guest coming up a little later on. An excellent linebacker. Well, it's like a linebacker theme for us this week. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Ready, right? Yeah. Steve Diossi is going to yeah. join us a little later on the program. And uh, NFL analyst, uh, Giant Patriot, uh, he'll join us coming up later on in the program. Taz, as we got uh, you know, a couple of intriguing Monday night games. The first one was an absolute doozy that, uh, that goes the New Orleans Saints way on the Will Lutz long field goal. At the end of regulation to win it after the tremendous comeback effort uh, by the Houston Texans, who, you know, dominated the early portion of this game before the Saints got going. Drew Brees and that offense get going. They score a touchdown and, you know, kick a field goal late to make it a six-point lead. And then uh, Houston comes right down the field, scores a touchdown to take a a one-point lead with 37 seconds left to go in regulation. And with 37 seconds and one timeout, The Saints are able to get themselves down to the 40-and-a-half, 41-yard line of the Houston Texans, which allows Lutz to line up for, what, a 58-59 yard field goal as he absolutely uh, drills it um, (laughs) straight through the uprights uh, with a little bit of room to spare as the Saints do win it. And that place down in New Orleans goes absolutely crazy. So uh, yep. an amazing first Monday night game last night. Didn't didn't feel like the first game, right? It felt like midseason form or playoff, man. It was what a game. I mean, you're right. What a game. It was so tough to turn away from it. I was watching Monday Night Raw a little bit, and then I'm like, I, the, the football game, the Texans Saints game, just pulled me in. And once um, once towards the end, once Watson threw that touchdown, uh, super late in the fourth quarter, I'm like, the game's over, you know. And and next thing you know. Two-minute drill, as they call it. Drew Brees doing what he does. Guy is amazing. And Lutz with that kick, that 58-yard field goal, was. I did not think he was making that kick, especially because he missed one earlier in the game. You know, I, mean? I just did not think he was making that kick. That was an unbelievable kick. No, it certainly was. And, listen, not a great night for the officials. At the end of the first half, they mess up the clock where they take 10 seconds away. It should have been about 42 seconds to go where they take the run off the 10 seconds or the Saints could have called the timeout. They did it with 26 and then 16 seconds left then. Lutz ends up missing a field goal right before the end of the first half, Taz. And then I thought at the end of the game, after the great Watson touchdown throw to Kenny Stills, that at that stage tied the game up at 27. Uh, I thought the roughing the kicker camp call was an absolute weak call. Um, You know, where, you know, that Mm. is a a ticky-tack call that you do not make. And at the time... I thought Booger made a good call, Booger McFarlane, on ESPN, where 
you know, as as an official there, you know that with that call, you are deciding the game because you're giving Forbath another opportunity to kick an extra point. You're miss, moving them up 15 yards uh, from the 35, so it's an easy easier make at that stage. He missed the kick, and he gave you a great acting lesson at that stage. Now they did call the penalty. Uh, Houston moves up. Uh, Forbath ends up hitting the extra point. They take a 28-27 lead, and then you can get on the Houston Texans with their defense at the 50-yard line. Six seconds to go uh, when the Saints used, uh, you know, decided to spike the ball. Uh, you know they need about nine yards to go. And I don't know what Romeo Cornell and O'Brien are doing defensively at that stage, but to play seven, eight yards off of every wide receiver and give them an eight or nine yard easy reception to get them down to the 40 and a half yard line, that defense by the Houston Texans. You can't do it at that stage because you know this. The clock is your friend. They can't catch the ball in the field of play. If they do, the game's over. You know they're not going to go for a deep passing route because they don't have time to run it. You know it's going to be somewhere within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. How exactly you play six or seven yards off of each wide receiver at the snap of the football that defense makes little no sense. You're begging to lose the game at that stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough. And, and you know, I mean, J.J. Watt and company, I mean, J.J. was not backing away from taking some of the heat on that. Uh, let's take a listen right here uh, to J.J. Watt talk about letting the offense down at the point you were just talking about, Moose. The offense did an incredible job. I mean, the offense deserves a ton of credit for the way they played, especially in the second half. Um, and then, obviously, that last drive – giving us the lead, and then as a defense, that's on us. Yeah, you got to give them a little credit for t- having being having, being accountable, and, 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 you know, a lot of times uh, guys like us, we bash guys if they're not being accountable, and this guy's being accountable, but you're right, Moose. I mean, you laid it out perfectly. Well, I'm not even blaming I'm not, it. It has nothing to do with the run. It has to do with the scheme. Right, right, I mean, right, it, right. it's really not the players. It's the scheme. The I mean, the, the idea that that is the defense you're calling at that stage you know, that, that's one where, you know, O'Brien and Cornell need to address it after the game. Why exactly are you playing that defense, understanding game and time and clock situation? That makes no sense. I mean, that is moronic. Mm. Uh, there, there's no way you could do that. And then you give Lutz an opportunity. Now, it's a long field goal. It is indoors. He's got a big leg. We know he just got signed to a big contract in the offseason. You know, he's been a good kicker for the New Orleans Saints. It is a difficult kick with the pressure on Taz, mm. but you give him an opportunity to make that kick. Yeah, no, and, and you should never have been given that kind of opportunity uh, if right, you're the Houston right. Texans. Yeah, no, you, you, you're right. I mean, I mean, jeez, but not for nothing. Did you think he was going to nail a sixty, a fifty? Yeah, but I, he should not. Have I get your point. He, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. He should have been in a position. I understand. Well, the, the point of having the opportunity to make that kick, they they deserve to lose the game with the defense that they played at the end of the game. Right. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I'm you not can't do that. that. Yeah, 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 I mean, no, that, I know. That, I know. That's, they're not wrong. No, I, 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 and you look at the game film; it is it is stupid. Schematically, it's just that is. That's the point. You're watching and you're saying, what exactly are they doing here? Because, they, you know, Taz, it's one thing if, I, if I'm going to drop safeties back, you know, 30, 40 yards off the line of scrimmage, because I believe that the Saints are going to throw a Hail Mary. At that stage, not understanding that they still have one timeout and to get into Lutz's range, who was hitting 60 yarders before the game, right? So they have that little yellow line yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as a, you know, you don't know the exact range of Will Lutz if you're the Bill O'Brien, but you know it's probably around 57, 58, 59 based on your scouting reports. To play that defense at that stage, everyone, I, I got to be honest with you, they're not going deep. 
They're not throwing the ball deep. Drew Brees can barely throw the ball deep. You're not you're not playing here for a Hail Mary. You're not playing with 15, you know, seven, eight, nine yards off the line of scrimmage. I was stunned. I really was as as we talk about these NFL teams, Taz, as they dedicate themselves to, you know, watching games and scouting reports. I am stunned that they played that defense at that stage. That made no sense. Especially with a guy like Cornell who's been in the game as a DC, like just in as a high-level, super-high executive football coach. I mean, you wouldn't think he'd make that mistake. you got to give, you know, you would give, sometimes you would give somebody a pass because you're thinking, hey, you know what, it's week one. You know, even the coaches are a little, you know, schematically they're messing up here. It's week one. We've seen a whole bunch of problems with a lot of games on Sunday. But it's tough to give a pass to the point you're making. To a guy like Roman Cornell and Bill O'Brien, you know, these guys are veteran, veteran coaches. This is not... Like some, this is not Cliff Kingsbury as a new head coach, you know. So uh, it's tough to give him a pass, even though it's week one. And you know, on the road, no, no, that's okay. You just got a kind of a good break on that, on that, on that rough in the kicker on the extra point, and then you capitalized on the on the break you got. And now schematically, defensively, you got to play a better defense. No, I I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it was just terrible. Here is Bill O'Brien uh, talking about uh, how his he remains uh, confident in his squad even after the L. Both teams played hard. Um, probably, you know, we we just didn't make enough plays uh, in the second half to uh, to overcome it. So, you know, they, they did a great job. Give credit to the Saints. Um, they got a great team, but we've got a good football team. Yeah, I mean, listen, they they do. There, there's not a doubt about it. But that doesn't help the Texan fan last night on and on this Tuesday morning after watching that. Uh, there's listen. You could have serious. The other thing you come out of it is. You know, Deshaun Watson, with the hits that he takes, his oh. body is oh. is probably not going to be able to hold up over the core, uh, duration yeah, of the year. Yeah. He was dealing with a lower back issue after the touchdown run where he landed hard uh, on that turf down there in New Orleans, Taz. Uh, he was in that medical tent on, what, two or three different occasions over yeah. the course of the game. You saw him get his lower back getting rubbed down by uh, a member of the medical staff late in the game, right before the last Texans possession in which he threw that touchdown to Kenny Stills. Uh, you would bet anything, your bottom dollar, uh, that Deshaun Watson does not physically hold up this year. Yeah, and they, and they, you know, and we talked about, it, and everybody was talking about it, and 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 uh, and Booger was talking about it all night, sell, trying to sell you on Laramie Tunsil at, at that left tackle t- tackle spot, and he didn't have a great game. No, I mean, let's not. be honest, he didn't have a great game. I understand he's new on that offensive line, but still, a lot of his matchups were just head up one on ones, and and he he got beat a lot. And and that whole offensive line, they just they they got issues there. But Watson, to your point, got smashed up, and he's you know he's not a heavy guy, he's not a big guy, so he's tall. I'm saying his body, his he's, he doesn't have a lot of thickness to his body, you know. So sometimes if you're a little thicker built, like a Cam Newton, you know he's been banked up too. But it's, you've got a thicker physique, you, your body can it's more of a shock absorber. You, your body can handle that. This guy's a leaner built guy. He's like six two, six three, about two hundred twenty pounds. That's not heavy for a guy six six two, you know, six three. So, yeah, he, you're right though. He's he spent a lot of time on the turf and a lot of time getting smashed up in there. But at times he looked he looked tremendous. At oh no, times, he did. there's no doubt about that. He's a he's a great young quarterback in the NFL. It's a matter of him taking sometimes unnecessary hits they shouldn't be taking. Taz that uh, that you have concerns that. Um, of whether or not he can hold up, that that would be the reservation I would have. And you're right about in terms of his uh, Body his weight. frame. Yeah. Um, you know he is a very very lean guy, uh, but it's also at times putting his body in a spot, realizing when you need to get down and taking hits that you should not be taking. I mean the touchdown run <laughs> where it's a 
great athletic feat where he gives you the Superman up and under, yeah, uh, up and over, I should say, uh, and then lands on his back and bangs his head on the turf down there in New Orleans. Uh, you know, that's that's a play that, you know, if you're a running quarterback or a quarterback with athleticism that can run, you're going to make that play. But there are also sometimes he's scrambling where maybe he holds on to the football, doesn't get rid of it, takes unnecessary hits they shouldn't be taking. Well, that would be the concern I'd have with Watson. But he's trying to make plays down the field. Yeah, he is. You know, and if his guys can't get open, uh, and I, I agree, I agree with you, but if they can't get open, you know, they're, they're trying to scramble. I do think a lot of guys, like, you know, they do pick up bad habits in college too like that. If you're that type of quarterback where you scramble a lot of moving and you, you get a lot of yardage with your legs. That's why Kyler Murray is going to be interesting to see what he does with the Cardinals. Because he stayed in the pocket a lot, not just jump on the Cardinal game for one second from from the other day. He stayed in the pocket a lot, and and as you know, Moose, his passes were getting knocked down left and right. Yeah, I mean, you're five ten. You, you got guys six three. Now they're putting their arms up. You know, I don't know how tall they are with their arms up, but you know, and it was a bunch of passes knocked down. So, but it, you know, these guys that get used to that scrambling in college and they have success with it and they get a plethora of yards. I guess that's what happens. You know. Uh, when you're used to doing that, and even though you're in the league for a couple of years, it's tough to break that habit, you know. But, but when he was, when he, when he was, you know, set, his feet were set, and he was, he was yeah. dialed in, he locked in, dude. He, he's throwing balls on a dime and watching. He looked, he looked, you know, for oh, the most no, part, looked was, good. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, the, I love to show Watson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but he, 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 sometimes it's better to throw the ball away and right, to find another hit. day yeah, no, than to take a hit because sometimes one of those hits will will knock you out for no, a long portion of the year or significant or miss a couple games, whatever it might be. Taz and and from a Saint perspective, as we you know knocked around the Houston Texans for their defense at the end of the game and. Uh, you know, uh, for for the New Orleans Saints, you, you know, you expected them to rally. Uh, they did. Um, you know, I'd have concerns about Drew Brees, who finally threw the ball deep on the last second to last possession, or I would say the last possession of the New Orleans Saints task. But um, you know, clearly his arm is not what it once was. There were concerns last year, second half of the year, where his uh, where the, his deep throws looked like they were fluttering in the air and didn't have the same drive. Uh, that it once did, but um, last year they start off the season with a home loss against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, and this year they welcomed in the Houston Texans, a much better football team, and they were able to rally at home, but able to rally against what I believe is going to be a playoff team in the AFC. Yeah, well, the Texans team, I got to tell you, some of the moves they made a couple weeks back, you know, uh, I, I was, you know, with, with Clowney being gone and all that stuff, and, and I, I, I got to tell you, I was questioning them, with Bill O'Brien and the Texans heavily. And after watching them play last night, like in detail, I'm like, yo, to your point, Moose, they're going to be really good. <laughs> they're going to be really good, the Texans. I, I mean, it was a tough loss at home. I mean, but and it was such an exciting game, especially the last few minutes were unbelievable. But if I'm a if I'm a Houston Texans fan, I'm I'm kind of a, I'm optimistic right now. I, you know, really. I mean, yeah, sure, you got to deal with the Rams next, then the Seahawks. But but still, like you, you know, you got a good team, and, and you know, I, I think they're going to do well this year. They do. They they are a talented team. I'd be a little. I, I I'll be honest. I, I'll be. I'd be a little concerned about O'Brien and his staff. I, I don't think O'Brien's a great head coach. I think he's a good head coach. I think. Uh, at times, you see his clock management or some of his decisions in game uh, frustrate you a little bit. And I, I think last night, I, I think you could look at the players who laid on the line. You saw Watson make a special play late to Kenny Stills for that touchdown. Taz, I thought the coaching let the team down, um, and that's where my concern would be uh, with Houston, a big time spot because. 
if their offensive line could come together, uh, there's a lot to like. And you know how good New Orleans can be. And we know we saw Alvin Kamara do his thing last night. And the, the Saints are trying to avenge that NFC Championship game loss and get themselves down to Miami in the Super Bowl this year. And, Taz, they're probably one of a, a handful of teams in that NFC that you look at it as the upper echelon teams. Mm. So it's not surprising that they came back, especially at home, you know, and, and the defense rounded into form second half last year. And you know how good that offense can be with Mike Thomas right. and with Kamara and with Breeze. Sure. And, sure. you know, you, you, you throw in the other weapons that they have offensively. The ageless Teddy Ginn Jr. is still running plays. Mm. I yeah. mean, uh, um, you know, there's a there's a lot to like about that New Orleans team, and they are special when they are home. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And and I got to tell you, I know what you're saying about about um, Breeze's arm, and, and as he's getting older, his arm strength and his power and distance to throw. I, you know, I get that. But those last that last minute and a half, whatever the hell it was, I'm not looking at the clock. Whatever it was, I mean, he he showed you who he was, and he's he's a proven commodity, as you know, Drew Breeze, and. He won that game. He basically put them in position to win that game for Lux oh, no to make doubt. that game. I'm just saying that that the, his vision, his timing. You're right. The, the Texans schematically, defensively, was an S show, as you know, in that in that last deal there. But what did Breeze do? He, you know, he he played the, against the defense that was in front of him, and he navigated perfectly in those few plays. And and I, so for that, I mean, geez, I, you know, I understand what you're saying about his arm strength, but uh, to me. Uh, He's still a guy that's a top tier level elite quarterback, you know. I mean, even though he's lost some power yeah, in his arm, you know. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't want to come across that. That I'm. I just don't think he can throw the ball with the same. Um, if you look at him and Watson throwing the ball deep, it's not even close right, in right. terms of the power behind the football and the way that the football arrives. Um, that's the only point I'm making, which is. Listen, you could survive it. You could survive it, but there were times last year that teams were playing everything within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. And then you saw that those receivers for the New Orleans Saints having issues trying to get open. Now, there's no doubt about the savviness, the smartness. You look at Drew Brees, his eyes were wide when he saw that defense being played by the yeah. Texans. <laughs> and, he, and he altered the play and audible that the line of scrimmage and gave a hand signal to his two outside receivers about what he wanted them to do. And obviously, they were they understood the situation. They caught the ball, uh, got right down Taz and called timeout with two seconds left in regulation. No, there's a lot to like about Drew Brees as a as a quarterback. I'm just pointing out the very fact yeah, that you know when he was throwing arm. the ball deep, um, you could see that he's he yeah. does no longer is the same zip right. that he once did. Oh, right? No, no, I totally agree. I mean, you know, going 32 or 43, 370 yards, two TDs, one interception. You, you know, I mean, geez, that that's yeah. a hell of a day. But but I I know his, his arm strength is definitely diminished. As yeah, it's older. not. Yeah, uh, but uh, listen to the victor go the spoils, and you look at the New Orleans Saints last night. Lots of hero late. Breeze, Thomas, Kamara, the Texans. That coaching staff we wear the goat horns in the early Monday night game. We'll get to the second game. Your calls as well. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. As Joe Tessitore said after the game, what a way to kick off Monday Night Football. And he was exactly right. An absolute doozy. Game one, we'll get to game two out in the black hole. We'll do that next. Taz Moose on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
It's Taz and the Moose, coast to coast, pillar to post, on CBS Sports Radio. All right, if you're on hold, hang in there, 855-212-4CBS. We'll get to your calls here momentarily. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Bogus is in the house. Boys, here's your report. It is sponsored by Geico. Good morning as well, and thank you as always for having me. We do appreciate it. You don't have to do it, but you do it. Yes, yes. You say good morning to me now, and you said good morning to Moose earlier when we were off air, and you blew me off. Uh, This is not true. This has been cleared up already, and when I came out of this very studio at 5.30 or so, I said, Taz, and you and I went back into my room. (laughs) That could have happened. Yeah, Mm. it did. I, and I had my back to you, too. So. Right. Well, my cubicle, the little cubicle I sit in, because mm-hmm. I sit in a cubicle. Let's be honest. It's not a big, fancy office. Nope. So, no. It's not an office at all. No. no. It's not even, it's, I don't even know what it is. Well, it's a cubicle. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what it so is. my back was to you, Andrew, yeah. and that's, yeah. That's what and you're so busy in game well, prep. That's what I'm Me, doing. just a quick little that's, hello isn't going to register. So we do here on Taz and the Moose. Right. We're constantly prepping. You know that. Here's your report. It's fun. Thanks, Moose. It's sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So far, so good for the Raiders. A fairly comprehensive 24-16 win over the Broncos to finish off week one last night. The defense kept Denver out of the end zone for 57-plus minutes. Rookie running back Josh Jacobs scored twice, and Derek Carr was just fine Without Antonio Brown, his head coach, John Gruden. Tyrell Williams is capable of being a number one frontline guy for us. And uh, Renfro made a catch. Ryan Grant had a few catches. Waller came up big. We're going to use everybody. Tyrell Williams caught Carr's lone TD pass. Tight end Derek Waller hauled in seven for 70 yards. All the drama last night was in New Orleans. Three scoring plays in the final minute, a Will Lutz field goal for a six-point Saints lead. A 37-yard to Sean Watson to Kenny Stills touchdown for a one-point Texans lead. And then Lutz again. Spot and holder down. The kick is up. It's good! It's good! 58 yards. Will Lutz with the game winner. Saints win it. 30 to 28! Zach Streif on Saints Radio. A 58-yarder, a career-long for Lutz. Got him a 30-28 W. The Saints had lost five consecutive openers. Drew Brees finished with 370 yards and two scores. Alvin Kamara, 169 scrimmage yards. The Jaguars have put QB Nick Foles on IR following surgery for his broken collarbone. The soonest Foles could be back now is Week 10. Rookie Gardner Minshew is the starter. He'll be backed up by Josh Dobbs. Jacksonville sent a fifth-round pick to the Steelers for Dobbs yesterday. David Ortiz, a surprise appearance at Fenway last night, throwing out the first pitch three months after being shot in the Dominican Republic. Yankee slugger Aaron Judge appreciated the visit. I know the city you know, loves that. I know the fans are going crazy for it. We were, too. We were all clapping for him. So I uh, was happy to see him back. It's big popular. But Ortiz's presence didn't help. Boston lost 5-0, officially eliminated from the AL East chase. The Sox won the last three division titles. Yeah, good job by Ortiz. In the middle part of that game, he was sitting there next to the Red Sox dugout with his wife. Uh, he had a 
an Ortiz Red Sox jersey, called over about a seven, eight year old Red Sox fan and gave him the jersey. So it was a, a pretty cool gesture by a guy that's an absolute, you know, hero up there in Beantown. Great to see him back after what was a bad situation down there in DR. The Astros scored 11 times on a record six long balls over the first two innings last night with the A's. They won the game 15 zip the day after a 21 1 victory over the Mariners. Cleveland won 6-2 in Anaheim. They're a half game behind those A's now for the second AL wild card. The Cubs dumped the Padres 10-2. Atlanta 7-2 win in Philadelphia. The Brewers 8, the Marlins 3, and the Mets down the Diamondbacks 3-1. Pete Alonzo homers number 46 and 47 to retake the big league lead. And sorry, Taz, but the NBA is banning ninja-style headbands for the oh. coming season. Mm. Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns among the players that looked a little like the Karate Kid last season. Apparently, the league has decided those headbands <laughs> are a safety concern. Okay, well, uh, wait, wait, wait. How yeah. is it? A, it's a kerchief. I I, um, it's a bandana. That, I, mean, I don't know. It's I material. I was not invited to these meetings last week that this was decided upon. <laughs> no, it's like I'm blaming you. Yeah. What do you mean, Andrew? But I, That's a, It's a safety hazard. That's okay. that they were loose fitting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Loose fitting. Yeah, Just I mean, say it looked awful. Yeah. yeah. Really? That's all. I mean, I, I could see <laughs> it, like if like it was it. the knot was in the front and was hanging. Yeah. And maybe it was like slapping like other people in the face. A spiked ball on the yeah, end of one yeah. of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. Yeah. That's yeah. They just <laughs> come on. Really. I would expect that out of the NFL, not the NBA. Well, apparently the one nice thing they did was that they didn't like them immediately last year but didn't think that they would be right in legislating something in season because there was no specific rule Mm. for this. So they waited until now, and they give you a heads up so that if you were planning on one of these bad boys, you can put it away. It's done. A lot of football players do it under helmet. They do it. Kyler Murray, actually, he had the little uh, uh, ninja-style gimmick on his headband. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 one on it. He used to wear one in Oklahoma, too. I mean, but you know, they're wearing a helmet, so they, they can't yeah. complain about that. You know, the NFL, I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, some more Jimmy Butler's upset. Yeah, and and Jared Allen of Mikey B's Nets, too, another guy that That's wore right. That. He yeah. wore it as well. I'm sure there'll be a podcast coming yeah, on this I'm time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good producer. That's funny. If you deliver one Uber Eats meal with one of these headbands, I'll give you $5. Son. Okay. Actually, Mike, that should be part of your gimmick, wearing a headband. That's right. I'm in. Let's do it. Great idea. That'd be great. I am. I'm going to look online now. We'll buy one. Yeah. You can just take an old T-shirt, cut it, and put it around your head and wear it. You'll be fine. That works, too. <laughs> there you go. Just not an old Taz T-shirt. Yeah. Just Don't cut those. Don't do that. No. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you in a little bit. All right. Thank hey, you, Andrew. Great seeing you, buddy. Take you Taz, good morning. Hey, good morning, Andrew. You're the best. All right. Let's head down to Houston, ah. Texas. Let's welcome in Dale, who's oh, up next, wow. who's up first here on Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Dale? Thank, thank, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the line. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be quick. Uh, long-time wrestling fan. First of all, my grandfather used to wrestle for Paul Bosch down oh. in the NWA territory. Paul Bosch. Uh, yeah, no doubt. That's awesome, man. No doubt, brother. So, hey, this was our game. Uh, you said it. Uh, but, hey, four sacks in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're going to get this dude killed. And uh, adrenaline is a beautiful thing. But, man, come on, man. I mean, how much uh, – help me out, man. I mean, this was our game for the taking. That said, I still uh, – I'm very positive about where we're going. But I'm kind of like, come on, man. Anyways, love you, boys. Y'all doing a great job. Thank you. Appreciate uh, you, Dale. Oh, appreciate it, Dale. Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'd be disappointed. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, Dale, big Texans fan. Uh, you're – you feel good about where your team is, and the Texans are going to be a good team in 2019, and one game certainly doesn't define a season, and you're not going to overreact. But I'd be a little 
uh, I'd be a little concerned I let one get away because that should have been a, a great road victory for the Houston Texans last night. Uh, and unfortunately, they did not put themselves in the best position to win. Taz, we talk about a lot when you look at coaches. Coaches can you know, tell guys how to perform. Guys are going to perform. They can put them in the best possible position to be successful, right? And yeah. and that's the disappointing aspect when you look at that defense. And they, you know, they catch a huge break on the roughing the kicker penalty. Uh, but you've got to put your team in the best possible position as a staff uh, to win. And that's where I look at, at that play call specifically, defensively, and that's where that coaching staff failed the team. Um, and that's the disappointing aspect, and that would be the reservations I'd have, the massive ones. Not about Watson, love them. Uh, they clearly have enough in that backfield. We saw, you know, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson star. They've got certainly enough at the receiver position. Offensive line is a little bit of a concern still. Laramie Tunsil did not have a good night down there in New Orleans. But you also have to remember, very difficult place to play where it's next to impossible to hear uh, mm. any kind of uh, calls at the line of scrimmage if there's any offensive line adjustments. And just like we talk about up in Seattle, Taz, where you might be, even as an offense, you know, a shade off the snap, it does help you defensively getting after the quarterback. But they got to protect Watson. The concern I'd have is about the staff. Yeah, no, and I think it's a legitimate concern for sure. I, I definitely, I mean, you know, Cornell, I mean, did his time pass him by as a, D, as a DC, as a defense coordinator? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, by the way, side note, in that game, uh, from an offensive perspective, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if you saw it, beautiful German suplex. That caught him yes, in I did see that, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was well great. Done, I yeah, think. it was, yes. <laughs> He did a little step around with it, which is it's actually called a Polish throw into a German suplex. It's a it's a rare thing. He didn't know he was doing it, but he what he did was actually technically correct. So there you go. Maybe he maybe wrestled when he was some in wrestling school. Classes. Maybe when he was in high school. He wrestled or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of knew what he was doing. It was pretty good. I mean, his grip sucked, but that's uh, different. You can't grip around when the guy's a football. I'm breaking down wrestling on the radio. Uh, let's go to Sacramento. Talk to Austin Moose, listening on 11:40 a.m. Hey, Austin, you're on with Taz and Moose. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I'm uh, getting ready for work. But uh, listen, so I want to talk about the refs, if you guys don't mind. Sure. Uh, I can't. I I can't get over the fact that we keep calling them cheaters, or or are they cheating the game, or there's a conspiracy theory, or uh, anyway, there's one call that was bad last night, right? I don't know how many games or how many plays rather there were. I'm I'm gonna pull this out of my hat. Maybe 125. So we're gonna take a microcosm of the game and, and blame these refs for one thing. Now, yeah, they should get it right. But, I mean, they're hitting 99% uh, uh, correct, right? So do you guys think um, that these guys are so terrible that they're, they're going after the Saints? And then also I want to know what you guys think about what, what do we do to fix it, right? So do we have somebody up in the booth that can, uh, uh, that can correct this? But I'm just tired of hearing that the Saints are – uh, um, being being, yeah, talk, being or, targeted or something like that. You're saying, you're saying you're sick of hearing that the Saints are being targeted by the refs. Absolutely. And I'm not a Saints hater. I actually love Drew Brees, but I feel like um, it's just not fair. To, these refs are really good, right? So that shouldn't happen. But, I mean, we're talking about one play call out of 120, 130, 140 plays last night, and the rest of them they got right for the most part. So, I don't know. I don't know what we do about it, to be honest with you. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to jump off, guys. Love to hear your thoughts. All right, Austin, yeah. we appreciate you got it, Austin. Thanks a lot for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't look at the, the Saints as being a team that's being targeted. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, I think, Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was um, – yeah. So they have, 
number yeah, one sorry. is they they have one job to do. This is not a, a defensive pass interference call um, or an offensive pass interference call, Taz. Or you know, like I said, uh, you know the the roughing the kicker on the extra point, Taz. I thought was an atrocious call. Uh, it was a make good for a guy that clearly missed the kick and. And with that one call, you know, it could have been the decider in terms of who wins and who loses that game. The Saints were able to get themselves into field goal range, as we do know. But you also have to know game and situation late in that first half. When you're running 10 seconds off, right, when a play is being reviewed about catch or no catch, and Tom is there on the sideline and whether or not it's a first down, and they go up to the booth, and when that catch is made, there's 42 seconds left to go in the first half. And then the clock gets uh, the play gets blown dead, or the clock gets blown dead at 26 seconds. As a as a someone in that huddle, when you are reviewing that play, has to have the understanding you got to go back to 42 seconds. You can't then click off 10 seconds from 26 and put it down to 16. I mean, and then and then all of a sudden you get in the fourth quarter, and every network now has their own retired official task that's going over it. You know, in the fourth quarter, with like two minutes to go, they're going back to the first half and telling you that the officials messed up. And if you're a Saint fan, that's why you had Saint fans wearing, you know, the the, the striped jerseys last night uh, because they were ticked off about the NFC Championship game, and they're bothered because you don't know how this season plays out. You know, it was a nice victory for New Orleans, but we got 16 weeks to go in this NFL regular season. Taz, you don't know if the Saints are going to be in that position at the end of the year to be that close, have home field advantage, and be basically one play away from getting themselves to a Super Bowl, it's, you know, that you think they're they're good enough, they're talented enough, but sometimes that has nothing to do with it, whether or not you get there. Yeah, you get, they got to get it right. I mean, I, I understand what the call is saying, Austin's saying, that they get 99.5% of them right. I know that. but And you also have a replay system to help get it even right again. That's why I think the what the AAF was doing, even though they're gone, what, what it was a little bit more. They were on top of making the rest. They had a guy in the booth. And we were talking about that. Yeah, and the eye could, in the sky. It was pretty good, actually. That, that worked. I mean, it delayed the game a little bit for sure. I just want to say one thing, though. I, I, back to that, to, to the um, to the roughing the kicker on the extra point. I, I agree. It was a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I, I mean, you seem a little bit more indignant about it than me. I don't think it was. I, look, the guy was going to block it. Um, he did make contact with the kicker's right ankle, right shin. And the kid, the kicker, he did, of course, act and embellish it. He did. And that's his job. I've been on, you know, in high school and in college, I've been on punt block, field goal block, and you are instructed, you are told, do not, nothing in any way, shape, or form touch the kicker because it's a penalty. And that's why I'm not like as uh, indignant as you seem to be about it. Yeah, I but, think it's a terrible call. Yeah, I, it's fair. I think we it's can, a bad call, but it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not making that call in that spot. Uh, when they, when the kicker clearly, you know, he was able to get both feet down. He did not. It, there was but, no – uh, he clearly missed the kick. I can't make that call in that but spot. But, Moose, the thing is, though, when you say in that spot, but then that's – if you think about it, so – you can't if you're an official. You, you have to official the whole game, every play, like it's the same play. They they can't get emotionally invested in how stressful of a moment or it's a game winning moment. They got to just their job is to call penalties. You know, so it don't matter if it's the first quarter, third quarter, games on the line, fourth quarter with you know with a few minutes left in the game. It don't matter, right? You got to be consistent. No, right? the officials. Uh, you do to an extent, Taz. I I don't think it's a penalty. If you no. want to ask me, I, I'm not making that call. I've seen punters get grazed. They go down. The call's not made. I've seen kickers well, get grazed before. Well, they go down. I they agree. act like they're shot. They don't get called. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, that's not roughing the kicker, number one. It's not a 15-yard penalty. As the official on ESPN said last night, you know, at best, you're gonna, at worst, you're going to call it a five-yard penalty. Um, so it's not roughing the kicker. The embellishment by Forbath was just off, off the charts. And then uh, you know, I just I can't, at that stage, I do think there are game situations where you have to have the understanding of, of what's going to be decided at that stage. I cannot, on a guy that clearly shanked the kick, I cannot make that call in that spot. I, I know, I just but can't. I, I, I don't. I think the the back judge, the ref behind the holder and the kicker, he don't care if the ball's going through the uprights. That's not his job. He cares about if the kicker's getting roughed and getting hit, getting touched. That's his job. So you know, I, I again, I do think it was a little bit of a you know ridiculous call. I do because it was minimal, but touching the guy's shin. But and you can't blame the kicker for embellishing it. I don't you know? blame him. It, he's like trying the to NBA, work, right? That's his to, job. Right. He's trying to bail <laughs> himself to, out right. because he knows the he kick's going. The kick. right, right. right. He right. knows, and and he gave you his good Academy Award performance. I get it. I'm just not making. I thought it was a terrible call. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, I thought it was a bad call. So yeah, don't matter. I mean, We're just putting hands. Right. So, so I, you know, I, I'm not making that call on that spot. Now the the Saints were able to come down. And win the game, and at that stage, we're probably, you know, I don't know if the Saints get themselves in the field goal range at that stage. Maybe they still do, and the game does end up in regulation, ends up being a 30-27 to 27 final, Taz. But um, I, 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 think the, I think the officiating, I think it's a very, very difficult job, um, and they're putting in kind of uh, rules now to try and, you know, temper the impact or bad officiating, Taz. But there are going to be calls that are clearly missed over the course of the game. That not knowing the ten second runoff is to me is worse than what you saw with the missed extra point. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Because bad. not realizing yeah. you have to go back to forty two and rolling the ten seconds off at twenty six, that to me makes little to no sense. Eight five five two one two four CBS, eight five five two one two four two two seven is your number to call. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Raiders as they have a Monday night out in the black hole for John Gruden, Mike Mayock, A.B. who? You heard some very, very creative A.B. chants by the Raider faithful out there in Oakland as well. Uh, We'll get into all that more next. It's Taz. It's Moose. It's CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose, coast to coast, pillar to post, on CBS Sports Radio. Play of the week brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done. This week it's uh, Shane Bieber. Uh, Bieber struck out eight over seven innings of one-run balls. The Indians shut down the Angels. 6-2 to two out in Anaheim. The player of the week was brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back when it comes to the safety and industrial supplies that keep your facility running. Get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. Uh, before we get to the Raiders here, good job by ESPN Taz last night because at halftime they switched up their graphics. A little confusing to some or distracting, I would say, the down and distance with the, whether it be lime green or yellow. There was some debate about that raging too based on the color scheme, but, uh, you know, where it had the down and distance, it was glowing yellow. Uh, And so at halftime, they basically got rid of that because there were so many complaints in the first half of game one that they decided to make the adjustment on the fly. They listened to their audience for the majority, 
got rid of it, went to the straight white-black graphic, uh, less confusing, and um, and so there you have it. They I mean, listen I, to their audience. Yeah, and that's, that is good. I just don't understand whoever is, is doing their graphics in their lower thirds. Like, why would you, like, even think, let's go with a yellow or something, the, the, the green-yellow family, when a major part of the sport is yellow flags that gets thrown on the field. Right. So I don't know, but you're right. I mean, at least they figured it out. I mean, at least they didn't go, like, to week four. And it's like, they, then they did it then. At least they did it now, you know? Yeah, they did it at halftime. And I saw lime green more than yellow. Now, some saw yellow. It was the great debate on social media. I think it depends last on night. your TV. Every, Whether you, know, you see it. I don't know. I see, I, I've i looked at it on, like, eight different TVs, all four outside, here, inside the studio, last night at SNY when I got home last night. I don't know. I see, lime, I see more lime green than yellow. It looks like kind of... Fluorescent green. How, how's it look on your uh, on your computer screen? Because a lot of times that's more. It's better than. Um, you know, I mean, it, you, I didn't watch it on the computer. Is there a highlight? I'm looking right Maybe now on the computer. Yeah, I'm looking for like a, either a highlight or like a, a still shot to see because sometimes the computer is a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Yeah, about, you know? I, I found some still shots and I can tweet them out. On, see, it's funny on the computer. I'm looking at it now and I see green. But really? when I was watching last night on TV, I saw yellow. Really. I, I don't know. So maybe we'll be opposite. Weird, maybe right? I saw last night lime green. Maybe on the computer I'll see yellow. Yeah, I, I'm looking at <laughs> a computer now, and I see lime green. Moose, to your point. I'm looking Let on the computer. Let me make it a little bigger if I can. This one here. Can you see it? Yeah, so that's yeah, lime. That lime yeah. That looks like lime green. On my TV, it looked yellow. And then I went and I put it on in my bedroom of the TV, and it looked lime green. So I'm like, wait a minute. So it, it did look. Yeah. See, I didn't have that. I didn't have that differentiation. I, I didn't. I, I I saw lime green all night long, regardless of the yeah. TV. And and then there was something. You know, I was at SNY last night. You know, Mets and and D-backs and the like. But you know, we had the games on. It was asking, and other guys were like, no, that's yellow. I'm like, really? I go, I see lime green. I I go, every, you know, people's eyes, too. I mean, no, I, know. I know, but it was like, it was almost like that, what was that, great dress debate? Or oh, was remember it, that? Remember yeah, that whole yeah, debate yeah, yeah. about what color do you see? That was freaky. What man. does that it was, mean yeah. when you see a certain color? What does that mean about your per- You know, then you had everyone breaking it down. Yeah, well, it means this or it means that. Uh, but oftentimes, Taz, you, you see, you know, a, a lot of networks almost be defiant. Um, where, well, this is it. This is what we're doing. We like it. We're going to do it. You'll adjust. You'll get used to it. At least ESPN listened to everything out there, and the impact of social media is unquestioned, but listened to their viewing audience and said, this is taking away from our enjoyment of the game. Please refrain from doing this moving forward. Yeah. And they took it away. <laughs> it didn't freak me out. I mean, did it bother you that no, much? No, not to that extent. But yeah. there was uproar. I know. I, know. I mean, you would have you would have <laughs> thought ESPN. I, you know, like what I, they did. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. Because I had to figure out exactly what the controversy was because I had the game on. Um, and then I was on I was on Twitter last night, flipper, and and I see people complain. I'm like, what are they complaining about? Oh, they're complaining. I go, it's not really all that distracting to me. <laughs> yeah, it didn't distract it didn't, me much. It didn't that. really take that yeah, much away. But there were a lot of people that were clearly well, bothered that thought there was a penalty on every single play. But as you know, it's also social media. So people are they're gonna cry and whine about anything they can because they might they just might be mad at their significant other or their boss. So they go on Twitter and they just troll or bash something and rippage. And a lot of times that happens on Mondays because you have the whole work week and everyone's miserable. So that could be a reason, too. Well, that could be. It did Happy work. Monday. Yeah. It did work. Yeah. Happy Tuesday, actually. It did work. You're right, because ESPN heard it loud and clear. 
and they listened yeah. and yeah. they heard it and and they changed it. That takes a lot, Taz. It you does. know, it for does. a network to have see, time. like right there for it to say flag in yellow. That's fine. It says the word flag yeah. through a flag. Correct. Right. And that looks good. That was good, right. right? But in the first half, the down and distance was glowing that lime green, lime green or yellow. yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they that's, got rid of that. That's a problem. But you're so, right. It does take a lot to the question, the point you made about executives to change it, because a lot of these guys are just egomaniacs, and it usually it would take ten to twelve meetings, as you know. To but what are we going to do with that graphic color? Should we change it? And they, they have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, and this didn't happen. This is just social media blowing up, and then they changed it. Right, and and they did it all in in the span of about uh, you know fifteen twenty minutes during the course of of halftime. So uh, ESPN did hear you last night, and they did change it. Now we'll see what their adjustment is to make their little like uh, you know. Uh, their bottom third or whatever uh, lower. has lower third a little bit. What do you guys bit, call uh, it? SNY. You don't call it lower third? Uh, yeah, same. I mean, yeah, lower third. There's um, another name. I can't remember. There's another name for two, and I don't recall what it is. Well, there's is. a score bug. Well, that's different. That's, that's a the left hand. That's, that's a crawl. Corner. That's different, too. The lower third is. Yeah, is lower third. Lower that's third right. Um, so maybe they'll get a little cute for next week in the Monday Night Affair. But <laughs> yeah. they did adjust. We'll go Purple. out to Oakland. Raiders and Broncos will react to that one. As Oakland starts the season strong, we'll get to that. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.